I want us to um, make this request before God one more time as we did last week. I want them to put on the board this proclamation, this prayer. You see, I'm not sure what happens in your imagination when you think about God. I'm not sure what you think about when you approach God, when you pray to him. How big <laughs> is your God? For some people, your problem is bigger than your God. And therefore your problem rules over you. But if your God is bigger than anything else, then nothing that comes up, nothing that comes up, no challenge is greater than he. And you know that you will win. Amen. 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 Can you help us with that? I, if you can't find it from yet last week, I, e I, did it, I emailed it to you again. Make it as big as you can. You're joining us online, then you can read it with us. You won't get to see us read it, but you, you can read it. It's important that God sees you. Amen? All right? It'll be on your screen. Are you, are you preparing to read this with us? Come on, open up your brain and your mind. Because we don't normally talk this way, let alone think this way, but I believe we should. Shall we pronounce it together? We would be still and know that you are God. King God, supreme in your authority, the ruling, reigning monarch of this universe, timeless in your existence, ingenious in your creativity, and with totality of ownership, we stand in awe of you. Your awesome holiness, majestic splendor, blazing glory, limitless power, and unquestionable sovereignty. We worship you for your flawless character, your infinite knowledge and wisdom, your absolute justice, your unswerving faithfulness, your unending mercy, your matchless grace, and terrible wrath against sin. We bow our hearts, and we bend our knees before you as we acknowledge your dazzling beauty, your fascinating personality, your incomprehensible humility, your unsearchable understanding, and your fathomless love. We acknowledge that our greatest need is to have a far greater revelation of what you are really like. We ask you to meet this need. We would also join with Moses and pray, teach us your ways that we may know you and find favor. Would you say that again? Would you say that again? Teach us your ways that we may know you and find favor in your sight. Thank you that you will answer these sincere requests in Jesus' name. Amen. Now lift your hand and just hands and worship to him for his awesome greatness.
his terrible holiness his magnificent grace over your life his immeasurable love his burning desire for you hallelujah we bless you and magnify your name heavenly father we thank you that you are God and God alone and we bless you and we thank you that none stand beside you you are our all in all our beginning our ending you're the first you're the last you're our salvation you're our prosperity you're everything to us would you open our hearts would you open our mind that we may understand that we may receive and that we may please you by giving glory to your name and we thank you lord we praise you for turning the light on for those who have not been able to see for those who have been blind of you and your goodness and your mercy we ask you lord for turning up the fire of your sanctifying holiness so that we may be cleansed that we may be used of you thank you lord we covet your favor we want your power we want to be able to glorify you would you make it so today in Jesus name all God's people said amen one more time give him praise with your hands and just thank him for his goodness God's mercy and grace thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord Thank you for all your provision. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All God's people said amen. You may be seated in Psalms 33, 8 and 9. In Psalms 33, 8 and 9, David, David said, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood still. This means that we are to stop and consider with awe and with wonder the limitless power of our God, his supreme authority. For by his spoken words, by his spoken words alone, he brought into existence the universe. Hebrews chapter 1 and 3 says, it tells us that by that same word of power, the universe is being upheld. More than that, in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, this says, by, by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist have been stored up for fire for elimination 
being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Then, in the 13th verse it says, we are told to wait for the new heaven and the new earth wherein righteousness dwells. So by the spoken word of God, by the creator, he creates, he holds together, he destroys, and he recreates the heavens again. Listen to me, saints. You need to take note of who you serve. Look at your neighbor and say, oh my God, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, see, the fear of the Lord is, um, is that understanding it, it's two, two major things. First, it's to hate what he hates and love what he loves. But it also is, the fear of the Lord, is that, is that trembling that comes to you, upon you, when you recognize who God is. God said about Malachi, he said, you know, he was my priest. He, he stood in awe of me and he, he trembled before me. He used the word King James, he reverenced me. It's the same alluding to this whole phrase, the fear of the Lord. You don't hear it talked about much today because nobody wants to talk about fear because they don't understand when the Bible says the fear of the Lord, it doesn't mean fright in the sense of torment. But it does mean deep and holy and reverential respect to the point where you become undone. That's why everybody in the Bible that you hear, it comes into the presence of God, they become undone. John, his closest disciple, you know, the, the, the disciple that leaned on Jesus, said he leaned on Jesus' breath. When John was on the Isle of Patmos and God revealed to him the risen Savior in his glory, John was undone. The Bible says he fell, like a, he fell like a dead man. And he wasn't even able to move until the Lord touched him. Everybody, just look through the scripture. Whoever has his confrontation with God, and God shows him a little bit of his essence, he can't take it. His flesh crumbles. Were it not for the mercy of God and for the grace of God, would come apart. But God holds us together and touches Him so that whatever's in Him that's not like God gets cleansed so He can stand up and talk to God. Sometimes I think we have forgotten. You know, we get the pictures of Jesus, and, and rightfully so, as a man. But when Jesus shows up to John, who he really is, which he can't do while he's in the flesh or else no one would be able to take it. So what God the Father does is conceals the glory inside of Jesus' flesh. So when they're crucifying Jesus, they have no understanding. They're crucifying God. And God doesn't choose to break out over them he doesn't choose to summon his angels and destroy them. Instead, he takes it. Every blow, every whip, every cut, every lash, he takes it all. 
and instead of breaking out upon them, he cries out to God the Father. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. His glory, his, 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 his personage, so powerful that when he dies and he goes the way we would go, he goes that way for us. <laughs> Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. When he, when, he, when he descends into the lower regions, they, they're looking at him. They, they can't believe it's him because there's nothing in him that deserves that. God the Father preserves him and all that he is while his flesh has taken all of our punishment, all of our pain, all of what we deserve. How many of you know that you are not punished according to what you deserve? How many of you are thankful that you did not get what you deserve? Uh, if you're thankful you did not get what you deserve, somebody ought to clap their hands and give the Lord a mighty praise and a mighty thanksgiving. Because you know how bad, you know all the things that, yeah, I know. One of the things that, one of the, way, one of the ways that God brings salvation to you, he shows you the punishment you deserve. And he'll allow you to experience the, the heaviness of guilt. The awesome weight of anticipation of punishment, of eternal punishment even. And then, while you're experiencing what you should have gotten, he comes with his grace and says, but I've already taken that for you. And if you'll believe it, then you don't have to, Lord have mercy. How many of you say, thank you, Jesus? You ought to clap your hands and thank God. So when, 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 when a person knows that he's in, it's like the person who's on death row, who knows, who knows he's going to be dead for what he did, but somebody else takes the punishment instead. And they open the door and they let him go free. He's, first thing you want to know is, how is this, how is this possible? You know, you know you owe something. All God's people said, we owe something, amen. You owe him everything. Look at your name and say, I owe my whole life to him. Oh, my whole life. The fear of the Lord is an attitude that hates what God hates. By the way, you want this, and you don't have it automatically. You need to ask God for this. You, you need to ask him to teach you the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of all that he hates and love of all that he loves. I'm sorry, saints. Uh, you're supposed to be, you, there are some things you're supposed to hate. You tell your brother, I'll tell your sister, there's some things you're supposed to hate with cruel hatred. You're just a sad person who feels like they can't hate anything. That person, you could do anything to. Do anything to their children. Do anything to their wife, their husband. There's some things you should hate as well as things that you should love. I didn't say people you should hate. I said some things. Are you breathing all right? So the fear of the Lord is the hatred of what God hates. It's the one attribute that God's looking for in his people. 
It's one it's the one attribute, the fear of the Lord, that will put you in friendship with God. Yeah. The other side of the fear of the Lord, this hatred against what's wicked and evil, whatever he hates. Man, I want to, Lord, I want to learn to hate what you hate. See, one of our problems is some of the things that we still love, he hates. His grace is covering, and mercy is covering us. But there's some things we put up with. Look at your neighbor. There's some things you are not put up with. Particularly with yourself. Are you breathing? And the other part of the fear of the Lord is this, this awesome respect for God that causes you to tremble at the presence of the Lord. When I say tremble, it means that um, you, 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 when you understand his holiness and who he is, that you, you, you can't stand for that, to, that opposite thing to be in your life. When you, when you tremble before God, it means that you have such respect for him. When people of importance, uh, when you're in the presence of people that have authority and are important, you know, you, some of you do it for stars. I'm not sure what, what their importance are, but, 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 but when, you, when you're in the presence of people who are really important, you know, and you're introduced to them, you know, something changes about you. I'm not, come on, don't lie. When, you, when, you, when, when, when you're in the presence of a great star or a great performer or a great movie actor or a, a person of great accomplishment and you're in their presence, uh, you, how many of you, like, you know, something changes in you? Don't tell them that, okay? <laughs> Uh, when, 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 when it happens, something happens inside of you. A, a, a kind of respect. By the way, if you're the kind of person that nobody, nobody can command that respect over your life, you are in trouble. Some of you lost it for your mom and your daddy. Some of you, that's your problem. You did not learn that respect because you thought they had to earn it. The, real, the reality is God gave it to them whether they used it or abused it. God gave that position to your parents. And this is one reason why the Bible, he connects going well with you and everything going good with you with honoring your mom and your dad. Isn't that amazing? This, this, what I'm speaking of now, is, is, uh, is connected to this attitude of the fear of the Lord. I used to talk about my daddy. I still talk about my daddy because, you know, uh, it, it's, it's so amazing. It's such a, a crazy combination. I love that man. But I'm scared of that man. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, I wasn't scared of him all the time in that sense. Like, you know, some, some children are constantly trembling be, before their parents and authority because their parents and their authorities abuse them. That's not what I'm talking about. I knew my dad loved me. That wasn't even a question. 
But if he, but if you did, but if you did, but if you didn't do what he said, or if you did the opposite, how many of you had a daddy? If you did the opposite, ooh, we. Are there any of you left in the building? Lord help us. Keep in mind these two aspects of the fear of the Lord that you need to, we need to learn again. We need this. One side says, I hate what God hates, for real. Now God will know whether you love what he loves and hates what he hates by what you do according to what he says. But if you do not follow what God says, that means you don't love what he loves and you don't hate what he hates. Where are you going with this? Well, I'll, I'll try to give you an, an example. I'll, I'll continue in my story. My, the story I started with you last week was Saul. Saul, ordinary guy, even though he was head and shoulders above everybody else. Israel never had a king. They wanted a king. They demanded, can you believe this? The people demanded of God that they have a king. Have mercy, Jesus. And the Lord, in his mercy, gave them what they wanted. And they had their fill of what they wanted. And Saul was chosen to be that first king. And I, I was going through the story a little bit with you last week. I want to pick up with a, a, a point at the, uh, a point about Saul, I'd like to pick up there because I, I want you to see how this impacts, this attitude impacts our lives. So Saul, he's given commands of the Lord. And Saul... How many of you have ever misinterpreted the commands your parents gave you? I'm a, let me say this another way. How many of you interpreted what they said the way you wanted to interpret it? She said, and you better be in this house before late. And you interpret it late when the sun come up the next morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, I don't know what kind of parents you had, but, you know, they'd be sitting on the couch waiting. <laughs> you know, I don't know how long they're sitting there. I don't know how long they're sitting there. But they had to be sitting there a while. And you come creeping in because you know how to get in the door. You know how to open that door. You already put w, T, W40. You know, you, <laughs> you know what W40 is. <laughs> you know, spray that on the lock so it won't be squeaking. Spread it on the window so when you open the window and the latch of the window, you go, Ear! you don't do that. How would I know? Uh, anyway, <laughs> you come creeping in the house and they let you take these, the lights be off. You ain't, turn, you, you ain't turning on no lights because you're creeping down the hallway and, uh, and, uh, and they'll say something like, and what time is it? Oh, God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Saul interpreted what he wanted. God told Saul, here's what I want you to do. He said, I'm, I'm going to give, I am going to, and you can find this, for the, I want you to be in the Bible. Uh, th those of you, um, you can find this in, uh, 
chapter 15, 1 Samuel 15, and the Lord says to Samuel, you know, I, tell Saul, I'm going to, I am going to, I'm going to bring judgment on those who did not treat the people of Israel right when they came out of bondage. The Amalekites, they attacked them when they were weak. And God said, I'm going to pay them back. So Saul, when you go to battle, I want you to utterly, say utterly, destroy them. And, and, and what Saul did, you know the story, he, took, he, he saved the animals, the best animals, all the best things he found that he judged was good. He saved it all and had the excuse that, well, we're going to sacrifice this to the Lord. The Lord said, I don't want none of that. I said, destroy all of it. And he didn't. And he kept the king alive. Remember Agag? He kept him alive. So when Saul shows up, and, and, and when Samuel shows up and begins to speak to Saul about what he's done, Saul said in verse 20, I did obey the voice of the Lord, and I went on the mission uh, which the Lord sent me, and I have brought back Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Now, excuse me, but how do you, how do you, how do you interpret that? I destroyed all the Amalekites and I brought back the king. How do you do that? What? And the reason why I'm pointing this out because when you don't have the fear of God, you don't interpret the command rightly. When you don't have the fear of God in your heart, you, 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 you don't hear like you, like you ought to hear. Even though it's simple, even though it's direct, Oh, you, you find a way to morph it, change it, so it fits what you want. I'm still talking to God's people right now. So Saul said, oh, I, I, I obeyed. I killed them all, but I kept the king alive. Okay, follow with me right quick. So... But, but, but the people, he, they took some of the spoil and the sheep and the oxen and the choicest things devoted to destruction to sacrifice to the Lord God at Gilgal. And Samuel said, what? are you serious? Has the Lord much delight in burnt offerings and, sacrifice, uh, and sacrifices as in obeying? Write it down, verse 22, Psalms. I'm just going to 1 Samuel 15, 22. Has the Lord much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as obeying the voice? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I've got to learn how to obey the voice of the Lord. See, one of the first things as a Metro member, one of the first, one of the first lifestyles, number one, first lifestyle of a Metro member. What is it? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Daily devotions. Why? Because if you don't learn to hear the voice of God, you can't ever please God. You can't ever get what God wants. God can't use you. Well, the first thing, gotta obey. Why would I have daily devotion? Because I want to read the words. I get used to what God is saying. So when God speaks to me, I know it's him and not a foolish, not foolishness. Are you all breathing? 
Let's try that again. One reason why we come to the, the, the Lord each day in his word, in prayer, and, and reading, and, and no, notating what he's saying is because we are learning, we are exercising, we're exercising that skill of hearing God's voice. By listening to, reading, receiving, rehearsing, memorizing his word. When the fear of the Lord is in your heart, what happens to you, a circumstance will come up and you will have to weigh a judgment on that situation. And that judgment is based on what you've been listening to, what you've been reading, what you've been reciting. And by the way, when God wants to promote you, he will always, when God wants to promote you, you will always go through a period of temptation. When God wants to raise you up, you will always have another choice. Get there the way he says or get, the way, get there the easy way. When the fear of God is in your heart, you will not choose the easy way. You will not choose the convenient over the right way. Saul said, oh, yeah, I did that. But, I, you know, we, you know, now, I guess he doesn't become the expert now, right? I'm sorry. I don't want to spend too much time here. Check it out. Let me, let me show you what happens. Oh, Paul, uh, Samuel said, by the way, re when you rebel, rebel is doing the opposite of what God says. When you do that, that's the sin of divination. And if you're insubordinate, it means you're going to make your own decision your way. You're going to interpret it the way you want it. You're going to do what you want to do. Insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. Many of you, God has higher positions for you but he can't afford that yet because you have not learned the fear of the Lord he wants to elevate you he wants to raise you up but when he does so he wants to be sure that when you are on display he is on display am I talking to the right people okay keep going with me so he says uh, Saul said to Samuel you know Saul he you know, when, it really, when it's put in your face, then, oh, I've sinned. Now, I want you to get this, please. I have, I have sinned. I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord your God because I feared the, I'm in verse 24, I feared the people and listened to their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said, I will not return with you. For you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king. Are you there, saints? Verse 27, as Samuel turned to go, Saul grabbed his robe and tore it. And, said, and Samuel said to him, man, the Lord's torn the kingdom from you. Are you there, saints? And verse 30, he, he says again. I have sinned. Please honor me now. Lord have mercy. 
please honor me now. I've sinned. He, he, excuse me, talk to your neighbor. He said, saying the words doesn't mean it's in your heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Are you breathing? So yeah, he's confessing, but he's not really changing. Tap in it one more time. Say, confession alone is not enough. Tell him, confession alone is not enough. Verse 31 says, so Samuel went back to following Saul. He did, and Saul worshiped the Lord. And this is what puts shudder, makes me tremble. That there are people who can worship the Lord, but there's no fear in their heart toward God. Look at your neighbor and say, you can go through the motion and your heart not be with him. Now that makes me tremble. I said, Lord, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to be that person. Lift your hands to God if you're praying. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to go through the motions and then not be real in my heart. Are you still breathing, saints? Verse 32, check this out. Samuel, who is the priest, said this. I wish I could illustrate this. I really do because it's so dramatic. It says, and Saul said, and Samuel said, bring me, bring Agag to me. Man, everybody who heard that, all the, all the guards that said, what did he say? He said, bring Agag. Agag is thinking, I'm cool. Samuel said, bring him to me. And they grabbed him and brought him and put him down in front of Samuel. Bring me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came to him cheerfully. Do you look down there, saints? Do you see that? We got a problem right now because in our nation, wickedness is grinning like it's right. Are you all breathing? We got folks sitting up in offices, in, 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 in elected offices, speaking foolishness, speaking against God. We got educators who can't stand to hear about God, who want to rip God from our history, from our beginnings and from our whole, the whole, his whole involvement in our life. They would like to tear that out. They don't want to hear his name. They don't want the thought of him. You need to understand where we live and why, where we live today and what we are facing in our culture. Get Agag come just grinning. I can see him grinning. Did any of you see the movie The Kingdom of God? Uh, starring Orlando Bloom. Remember that redhead crusader who caused all that trouble? Who lied and, and misrepresented the king and killed people and slaughtered innocent people? Y'all need to see that movie. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I'm a, I do like movies. But, but you, 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 you would love this movie. And this, this, they, bring, they bring out the insurrectionist, the one who really started it. And, and, and he has got red head. He got enough nerve to wear a, 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 a clothes with the cross on it. 
as if he represents the purpose of God. He come grinning like it. And, and, and he, was, he was nasty with it. He had a little dance on it. Y'all remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how he was doing. Surely the pains of death have passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and remember, the, remember they gave the cup of water to the captured, the captured uh, soldier, and, and, and he took the water and was drinking it. He said, I did not give the water to you. And, 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 and the sultan reached over and got the sword out of his soldier's sheath. He did it so fast, like he just took it out there, just cut his throat. I'm sorry, forgive me. You know, it's, it's coming out. It, it's, the, it, it, it's called the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. The bishop's okay. He just said, I love it when righteousness wins. Clap your hands anyway, amen. I love it when I love it when goodness wins. And I love it when evil is defeated. Amen. And I, I'm saying that to you because Agag, we got this similar picture. He shows up just grinning. He's thinking he's, everything is good. Look what the scriptures say about him. It says, bring me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And, and he came before him cheerfully. And Agag said, surely the bitterness of death has passed. <laughs> and Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Ahag to pieces. Can I give you another word? He hacked him to pieces. He just kept hacking until he was, it was several pieces. He just kept on whacking. Excuse me. I'm, I'm looking at this thing, and what I'm looking at is my hatred toward the things that God hates. And he's hacking that thing till it, he's hacking it till it don't move. He's utterly destroying it. Some of us right now, we would have already been in and passed the promotion, but we have not been willing to hack that thing that God hates. God will show it to you, but the problem is, when you're in love with something God hates, you've got to decide to fall out of love. I, it's real quiet. That's okay. I'm going to preach it anyway. When, when things that are close to you that give you comfort, whatever the case may be, whatever it is, and, and, it, and but that thing that gives you comfort that God hates keeps God from moving over you the way he wants to move on you. Blessing you the way he wants to bless you. Showing you off the way he wants to show you off. But you, but you, but you got that thing, and so that thing he can't afford it because if he, if he raises you up like this, then the enemy will raise up the thing you love and people will misunderstand that's not God. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? Bring, bring Agag to me. Look at your neighbor and say, ask your neighbor right now, what or who is your Agag? Who is your Agag? 
what needs to be totally severed. That's what I'm after today. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is after in your life. What does he want you to, to disconnect from? What does he want you to remove life from it? Think about it this way. Whatever that thing is, that thing caused Jesus to bleed. That thing is what caused him to stay there and take all the punishment for you. And he did it before you ever said yes. He did it before we ever accepted him. The fear of the Lord, boy, is curious. But you know, in these days that revival is coming and God is pulling the covers off of wickedness and evil, these days you're going to need, you're gonna, the one attribute you're going to need in your heart is the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord will cause you not to be afraid of men. The fear of the Lord will cause you to rise above them and achieve far above. The fear of the Lord will, will, will cause integrity to be stable in your heart while you've been raised to higher levels. The fear of the Lord is what will keep you when, when you're tempted by that, by that person in higher places to be, to be, to be unfaithful. What was that? What, what, what was that? The fear of the Lord is that, is that, ooh, is that attribute inside of you that when you can, you can get it easy right now, just make the deal, and it will it'll stand you up and stand you back and say, no. Because I fear God more than I'm afraid of losing this. Abraham said, no, I will not take anything from you kings so that you will say that you made me rich. No, I will not give you, I will not give you the satisfaction of thinking that you made me rich. No, God is the one that makes me rich. And so when he brought all those spoils back, he gave back whatever, he tithed to the Lord. He did that because he knew that God is the one that raises you up, brings you increase. The fear of the Lord on Abraham that would not dare take a penny from those guys. Are you all breathing? Because what the enemy do, He'll come and give you an easy way, quick way. Look at him and say, quick way, problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. No, no, say it again. Find somebody and say, if it's quick and easy, it's probably not God. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. How are we doing? Uh, not good. I'm not, I didn't cover what I wanted to cover yet. So Samuel, he hacks him to pieces. He says he makes him childless. And Saul went to Ramah. And Saul, Saul, Samuel went to Ramah. And Saul went up to his house. And, and Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. But on the next chapter, are you all there? In chapter 16, God says, Samuel, why are you crying? Why, why are you crying? Get up and, and go find the person I'm looking for, the person I've chosen. How long are you going to grieve over Saul? Are you all there? Can I say that to you? There's some situations that you've been through. You, you, you're, living in the, you're living in that grief for too long. 
You're crying and moaning over that too long. You have too much sorrow over that. The Bible says we have sorrow, but not like those who have no hope. There's some situations you can't go back. It's done, finished. You need to go ahead and just leave it and quit. I'm, I'm speaking to you right now. Quit punishing yourself for the things that you did that were awful. When you didn't have the fear of the Lord. You need to leave that. Now you have an opportunity to change. Are you breathing? Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I'm praying for them right now. Those who have held back their own promotion because they have ungodly grief over what happened in the past. I thank you, Lord, for them moving on. Lord, make their grief unfriendly to them. Father, make their grief an enemy to them. Thank you for the hatred of what you hate and the love of what you love. Why are you living back there? Why are you living back there? Why are you living back in the days when you, didn't, when you weren't discreet? Why are you living back in the days when you acted like a hoe? Why are you living back there? And now you've come to Christ, and now he saved you, and now he's cleansed you. Why are you living back there? You men who have lived wretched lives, or they have left you or hurt you, why are you living back there? God want to bless you, want to connect you. Why are you living back there? He said, Samuel, you have cried over Saul long enough. I mean, if you've cried and you have had pain over your past long enough, your past does not define you. Your past teaches you. I know what I'm saying is right right now. Some of you need to put your head down in your lap for just a minute and let that thing go. Let your sin go. Come and get renewed. Let the fear of the Lord fill your heart so that you will realize, oh God, you mean to tell me, yeah, I paid for that. It's bought and paid for. And you don't have to pay it anymore. Don't take it, not another day. Thank you, Jesus. Now raise your hand, just thank him. Those of you who are doing this, it's happening for you. Just thank him. I don't have to live back there anymore. He's not going to bring it up. God does not bring it up. It's the enemy in your mind that brings it up. God puts it in the sea. For he, he chooses to forget it. I tell you what, you need to learn to forget it too. That's not you. It's something you did. It's not you. It's something you did. And God separates what you did from you. You are not your actions. Ooh, I'm hearing something right now in my spirit for you. Some of you have bought your, you have bought your fingers up to your mouth for the last time. You know, you know where that puts you. You know what that does to you. And God wants to release you from that. Why did it get quiet again? The fear of the Lord said, I do not need a drug to put me in a state where I have peace. God himself, he is my peace. That's what the Bible says. 
Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Pam, 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 pam. Hack that thing to hell. Amen. Because God has something much better for you. So, so Samuel hears God. And God said, what? I, hey, quit crying over Samuel. Give me. Quit crying, quit crying over Saul. Don't cry over him anymore. It's done. It's done. Now get up, man. Now, excuse me. Saul is still alive physically. But in God's economy, he's not useful for the kingdom of God. And he said, get up and go find the king I choose. So Samuel gets up. He said, well, he said, I want you to go down there to Jesse's house. He said, well, if I go down there to find another king, you know, Saul find out I'm going to find another king, he's going to kill me. He said, oh, okay, I'll tell you what to do. Take you some stuff for sacrifice, like you're going to sacrifice. Go to Jesse's house. Jesse, I came to sacrifice at your house. God is awesome. He know what to tell you. He, he's, he's wise. Well, Saul knew nothing about this. So he goes to Jesse's house, and Jesse got all these fine, upstrapping, good-looking, uh, 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 fit-cut sons, right? Y'all know about this story? Y'all don't read the Bible? Okay. This is one of the best stories in the Bible. Samuel, Sam, uh, Saul, Samuel comes to Jesse's house. Y'all breathing still? And he said, uh, <laughs> he said, Jesse, I'm coming to your house. Verse 5, chapter 16, 1 Samuel. He said, uh, Oh, by the way, when, 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 uh, when, when, um, when Samuel shows up, Jesse goes, are you here for peace or are you here for war? Now, the reason why he asked that question, because up to that time, Israel was judged by, 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 by the prophets. If the prophet showed up at your house, you know whatever he said is going to be. So if he says something, something wicked or evil, ooh-wee. So he said, Are you, you, you come for evil or for good? And uh, he said, oh, don't, don't worry, Jesse, I, I'm coming for good. He says, uh, I'm, I'm on a mission. And he says, um, he says, uh, <laughs> I come in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And so he also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. In other words, God said, go to them like you're going to have a church service, like a little revival church service. And, and Saul, he don't, never know, he, don't know, he don't care nothing about no church service. So he'll never know that you're going to find his replacement. Are you all there? So when he shows up, he shows up. He said, we're going to have church. <laughs> he said, I want you to get all your sons, consecrate them. We're going to have church. So while they're having church, have mercy. Samuel looking. And the Lord said to Samuel, do not look. Some of y'all need to stamp this. Some of you need to stamp this verse. Do not look on his appearance or at the height of his statue. Some of y'all that want to be married, y'all need to hear this right now. You may be tall, he may be short, it don't matter. 
If God chooses him, he'll be fire. I'm sorry, that was funny. You should be clapping your hands and saying amen. God said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or at his height of his statue because I, re he goes, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks, come on, at the heart. This is why the fear of the Lord is so important. When God looks at your heart, and he sees that, he knows, he, he knows the potential of what he can do. If he doesn't see that, he knows he's limited at that time to what he can do. You okay? Hurry, Flynn. And so, Jesse called Abinadab. He looked good. Sam said, nope, that ain't the one. He called Shama. Oh, he looked pretty good too, but that ain't the one. Y'all there? Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, uh, the Lord don't want any of these. <laughs> Wait a minute, excuse me. It's not that God was rejecting them from being good or bad. That's not the issue. God had a specific task in mind, and he was looking for a heart that could hand. God was looking for a heart that could handle the glory with which he was going to put on him. God was looking for a heart that could stand the blessing he was going to put on him. God was looking for a heart that could, could hold up with the power that he was going to put in his hands. Okay. So, Samuel said to Jesse, are these all your children? Because the prophet knew what God told him. He was seasoned in the word of the Lord and the voice of God. So he knew he didn't make no mistake. But his eyes didn't see everything he, his heart had received. Lord have mercy. I can't, I, I want to talk about that, but you know I want to talk about that. Where's the elder Carl? He's back there. I, don't, I can't talk about that right now. So the, the prophet, don't you have some more kids? Excuse me, if you've got more kids, where are they? And why are they out? Why, why are they not here? You ashamed of them? Maybe you didn't want your sin being shown. So Jesse, you guys okay? So he sent and brought him. He said, uh, are there not more kids? He said, uh, yet there remains yet the youngest, and behold, he's tending the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him here, for we will not sit down until he comes. And they run out, hey, David, 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 your daddy wants you, David, your daddy wants you, David. David, come quick. We've been standing up for 20 minutes. David, come now. David, who's doing the worst job in the whole family, taking care of stank sheep, 
Hello, somebody. And while he, when you take care of sheep, I mean, what you going to do? When they all eaten and, you, and you know, the sheep was eating. So what you going to do? You going to sit there and look? David said, I ain't going to sit there and look. You know what David was doing? That was pretty good. and slingshot. Y'all breathing? And when he got tired of slinging, he picked up his guitar, his heart. You know, he starts singing. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. And it pitied every groan. Long as I live and trouble rise. I'll hasten to his throne. I don't know why I, I couldn't get no help. What? 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 <laughs> couldn't get no guitar, couldn't get no drum, couldn't get no keyboard, nothing. David is out doing his thing. And you know, his daddy, his, he, he left him out of the pick. And I want to speak to those right quick who have been left out of the pick. Because I'm looking at some people here today that everybody else got included but you. You're carrying that thing on your shoulder right now. That's why you get mad so quick when you think you've been rejected. The truth is, God was holding you back for a time. The truth is, it wasn't time for you to come forth yet. I'm going to tell you something. When God makes a choice, nobody, nobody can stay his hand. When God opens the door, nobody can close it. And David comes running because he's obedient. See, he got that F-O-G. He got the fog in his heart, the fear of God. He, he come running. Dad wants me? Wait. Yeah, Father. He come in stanking, man. When he come in, the whole room, oh, Lord, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> All of them standing up, tired. And David comes in and saw, and Samuel is right there, and he puts his eyes on David, and immediately he knows. The Bible describes David. It's kind of interesting the way he described it. He said, said he was ruddy, he was red. But he said his eyes were beautiful. That's kind of interesting that the scripture would uh, would point that out. I think. I, I, I think there's something in this because there are many of you, you maybe your physical appearance, your Hollywood would not be happy with your physical appearance. But there's something in your eyes. There's something in your gaze that God can use. And so Jesse, uh, He's, can you imagine Jesse standing there? All the boys, they all standing there. Are you there? And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And then Samuel took the horn of oil, and, 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 and David bent and kneels down, and he pours the oil over him. 
right there in the midst of his brothers. And, in this, and the spirit of the Lord mightily comes upon David. From that day forward, and Samuel arose and went to Ramah. I want to tell you so much more I want to tell you about David. I think it might be good if I just curtail it right here. One of the ways you know that the fear of the Lord was in David, not just because of what he wrote, because there's much we know about the fear of God from David's writing in the Psalms. But he was the epitome of what he wrote. He, he, was, he was doing the thing he was commissioned to do. He was doing the thing he was commanded to do. He was being obedient. He was following the command of the one who was in authority over his life. Lord, help us, please. One of the greatest keys to having the fear of God in your heart is your obedience to what is right. Your obedience to what you are told. When nobody sees, nobody's giving you an acclimate, nobody's raising, nobody's singing your tune. They're not raising you up on high, but you are just doing what you know to do and you're doing it with all your heart. And that's the way David was. Everything he did, he did with all his heart. God loves that about any individual that he goes after with all, even if you're a sinner and you go after with all your heart and say, God, yeah, I can use him. Is them ones halfway in and halfway out? Them are ones a problem. Them lukewarm ones. Some of y'all, you know, you know, you, you, you want to sin. <laughs> you want to sin, but you know it's wrong. But it feels so good, you feel like it's right. So you sin as much as you can until you feel bad, and you run back. What's wrong with him today? What's wrong with the preacher preach today? And you say, so you, you do what you want, and then you, then you feel really bad, and you come back. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God he ain't talking about me. Thank God he's talking about you. Amen. David was that guy, you know, whatever he's going to do, he's going to do it with all his heart. You know what? And miss most of you the same way. You're not worth shooting unless you've got your whole heart in it. And for many of you, that's your problem. You've been halfway. you got one foot on one side, one foot on the other side. And you're lukewarm. You're okay sometimes you're not. God wants you all the way. Look, I, look, a sinner that's going to sin all the way. God can deal with him. Because he, he cold. Y'all understand what I'm saying? A person is going to love God all the way. He hot. The Lord said, I'd rather have hot water or cold water. But that lukewarm water, that's spit. I'll spew you out of my mouth. See, what, what's, what's the problem in America right now? The problem in America is the church. Lord, help me now as I close. The problem in America is the church. The problem in America is the church. God does not have a clear witness of who he is and, who he, and what he can do. Because the church is too busy trying to be safe. Trying to love the world and God too. 
We're still trying to justify that, that hemp is okay because it's from the earth. We're still trying to make marijuana okay because we say it's from the earth. You know, from the earth. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, I know you know. <laughs> you still, are you serious? Down in your heart, you know that there's only one place that he fits and there's not room for anything else. God loved David because you'll see this about his life as we talk about him. You know, Saul, he said, I, I ripped the kingdom from your hand today. And what did Saul do? He disobeyed. Well, there were three or four times that he disobeyed God. He just, he just basically did what he wanted to do. But, you know, he didn't take nobody's wife. He didn't sleep with nobody's wife. He didn't kill, he didn't, he didn't kill nobody innocently. But isn't it amazing? Saul didn't. But isn't it, isn't it interesting how that God, how God treated David? One of the greatest stories you can ever read. Many Christians get really, they get really confused about David because God called him a man after my heart. But the devilish things that he did, you go, oh my God. You shouldn't be surprised about that. That stuff is in all of our hearts. Tell your neighbor what I said. I said he said that stuff is in your heart. That's what he said. But the fear of God in David's heart made all the difference of the world in the world. The, I'm not justifying sin here. I'm saying to you, when God is in your in your life this way, whoo! Okay, tap your neighbor. Said. If the fear, repeat after me, talk, talk to your neighbor so you won't look, look at me crazy. Find a neighbor, look at the eyes. said, if the fear of God is in your heart, no, 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 one more time, if the fear of God is in your heart, you can never get away with it again. place where the Lord is speaking to his church and we're going to have to hear him and decide what, 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 what side are we on. You are not in the presence of your brothers and sisters 24 hours a day, but you are in the presence of Almighty God 24 hours a day. God is looking now for a church with a heart that says, Lord, I've been too much like them. Lord, you know, I'm not talking about religion here. I'm talking about your, your absolute relationship with Almighty God. You know, the Lord said to us, he said, be holy for I am holy. What? You want to have a relationship with me? Then see, the fear of the Lord is what creates holiness. I'm sorry, I'm not talking about low necklines and open-toed shoes and tight crotches. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Y'all hear where I'm coming from? Yeah, but that's what they're hearing. That's why I'm, I'm trying to help them. By the way, I was in the mall with my wife yesterday, minding my own business. In the mall, in the mall, minding my own business. 
She was buying shoes. Oh, my God. So I'm in the mall. So the ladies would come into the, into the women's section, and I would go, I'd be like, didn't I go? Then I would go. Then I would go, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Then I would go, did you really see that? No, really, I'm, just, I'm in Saks Fifth Avenue. Hey, this, this woman comes in. She had a top on, and she had what was supposed to be a leather skirt on. Well, the leather skirt was here. I do not exaggerate. And in the back, the leather skirt was I am not kidding. Look, I'd be okay, but both butt cheeks were hanging out on both sides. And I'm going, what the, what the, what the, what the, does your mama know you dress this way? How many of you understand what I'm trying to say? We got believers who are still trying to figure out the only way I can catch a man is to show off more. What are you, what are you, are you sick? When the fear of the Lord is in your heart, it, you know, you, there's some things you just, you just won't do. Now, the reason why I'm preaching it to you, because what I want you to do is ask the Lord. In a moment, I want you to ask the Lord to start this process. Because I wrote it, I was writing it down this week. How do you get the fear of God? One of the things you have to do, you got to ask God for it. How do you get the fear of the Lord? You've got to ask him for it. I'll give you more scripture next week. It'll show you. You've got to ask him, for, literally, Lord Teach me to fear your name. Teach me. David wrote it down in the Psalms. Teach me the fear of the Lord. Teach me, Lord. What I'm talking about is going to revolutionize your life over the next 90 days. You start asking the Lord, I want to walk with this. I'm not talking about being sanctimonious, and I'm surely not talking about being walking in the world insensitive to what's happening around you. I'm not. I'm not at all. And neither am I saying to you that you're not to touch no, touch no evil, see no evil. I'm not talking about playing that game, them three monkeys. I'm not talking about them three monkeys. <laughs> Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about you being absolutely in the world. But, but, but what's in you is not what's in the world. And what's in you is so, such a distinction that when you are in the world, they're looking at you like, wow. Because when I'm looking at this girl, there's other guys looking at me to see how I'm looking at this girl. Are you all understand what I'm saying? Lord Jesus. No, she got up, she walked off. So she wasn't sitting there, you know, looking at me like, what you looking at? <laughs> Baby, it's just it was right in front of me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I did. I did tell you about it because it was I, I, it was the, I, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Re no, really, I, I just didn't. Say, no, you didn't. No, you did not do that. And she was not a small woman. That's the other side of it. But I thought about what is it in a person that has no scrutiny in this. They don't have. When you have the fear of God, you see yourself rightly. When you have the fear of the Lord, you see yourself rightly. When you have the fear of God, you, here's what you think. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you're going to find out on the inside, then put a, you should have put a ring on it. I'm sorry, that was really good. 
Uh, we got to cut this out. I need, I need you, I need you to um, exhibit today some repentance of, of acknowledging what, what that is, what you have become friendly with. So that it's difficult for you to distinguish or to separate. What is it that you, whatever, whatever has been overcoming you is because you have a relationship with it that's inappropriate. And, and, and why are you preaching this? Because I, you, we've got to get ready for what is coming. You cannot afford. Lord, have mercy. Father, in Jesus' name. For your sons and daughters that hear this and desire what is spoken, I pray for them now. I pray for the courage. I pray for the integrity. Pray for strong desire to please you in this. Prepare them to be in the center of the world, but not of it. I thank you for your might, your power to sustain us from within. I praise you and thank you as you promote us, keep us. Let Jesus be glorified through us. We come against the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we are not ignorant of his devices. And we thank you, Father, for shining your light on all that is evil, that it may prove and show itself to truly be evil. I thank you, Lord, for the power to make that choice. In Jesus' name, Amen. Those of you that say, I need this, I need the fear. For those of you that would say, I need the fear of the Lord. I